dragons once soared. I, I don't care what you saw, there weren't any dragons. Like, that's, that's just a fact. Where dwarf and man battle for supremacy. They are kind of... Dangerous? Not dangerous, but they are kind of uh, ethereal beings, these dwarves usually are. And then they're asexual. Really? Where men worship the moon. Right? Wait, are you inferring that you want to jack off onto the moon? Yes. Wait. I would. Absolutely. Dave, of 100%. course they did. <laughs> and terrifying creatures stalk the land. You wake up in the middle of the night yep. with a little Sasquatch penis inside of you. You need a hero. I think you, you, you have to honestly say there's going to be a line you have to draw somewhere. And for me, that line was when the Batmobile just crashed and pretty much caught on fire and then a motorbike popped out. You need a podcast. Suck a dick and download our podcast. You need multiple nerdgasm. Oh, hey, everyone. We're not here. Except, well, we are here. I mean, I'm here. Actually, we're all here, here. Yeah, we're, like, all physically in the same room, which is unusual. Yeah, I mean, it's a hotel room. Yeah, yeah. And what we're about to do, you don't want to know. I think they've got some pretty good ideas, though. Yeah, they've probably got great ideas. You've got some good ideas for what Dan and I could do in a hotel room. Podcast at multiplenerdgasm.com. Come on, Darcy. Don't hold back, mate. <laughs> the dirtier, the better. Dirtier, the better. We, uh, we don't have an episode this week because we're all here in New York. Um, to see Dan's film um, And so we've put together a little special treat for you all Yeah, you say we Jenna's put together a special treat for them all That's true um, This is all of our pre-recorded content So any of the little trailers and clips And skits that we've done That we've pre-recorded And shown to the us uh, After tracks included Yes. In some cases, uh, it predates the time period where you had the technology to, um, <laughs> to play it live on the show. Um, so, you know, if there's one that doesn't have a laugh over it, it's not, it's not funny. Tempting Fate is very funny. It's just that it wasn't, wasn't shown live you know, on the audience show. audience knows they're allowed to laugh without us. So that's fine. Yeah, I don't know if they can figure out when to laugh oh, without us. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not Leave It to Beaver. I, I feel we're more of an arrested development, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Like, doesn't rely on the laugh track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've moved on beyond that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week with a normal episode, I assume. Yeah, um, yeah. we'll be fine next week. I won't be hungover. Uh, I don't believe you, and neither do the listeners. <laughs> I can't I drink any more. You've taken being hungover to the next level during this trip, I feel. Yeah. If you're just constantly drunk, can you ever be hungover? I think I'm still a little drunk somehow. Yeah, but not even from last night, from, <laughs> yeah. from earlier. From, from the last time you were in this country. <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy pre-records. Enjoy. <laughs> what? I say enjoy. <laughs> so my question to you fellas. Some of you have had and switched to Some of you have switched back. And I can't decide, so I want you to decide for me. Let me ask you one question, Dan. Do you like ass? Well, here's what I use my for, right? I use it for... And the IMDB app. That's what I use it for. Can I ask one question? Go. What's wrong with you? Uh, it's not shiny and new. Ah, that's the same problem I've got with mine. Yeah. I just know you, and I know for a fact you're gonna hate how f- and fucking weird it is. Sounds about right. Mess. Matt, Luke, is it is it f- and weird? It can be a bit. I can I like some of those things about it. It's like as Luke said, what is wrong with my? Well, apart from the fact that it's actually a. In it, and it's enormous. Nothing. <laughs> oh my god, your is so big. 
I know. I'm just I'm just sick of the smugness, quite frankly. How big is too big? They're so thin, Dan. They fit better in your than the existing do. How could it fit better? It's wider and because they're so much smaller. They're tiny. Trust no, me. it's they're so thin you won't even know it's there. No, no, it's not the thin that I'm worried about. It can be as thick as it wants to be. But if it gets any wider, it's literally not going to fit in my mine fits like it's like almost falls out it's just so it's not that big man i haven't even seen one in the flesh i still want well i had a go the other day and even i was like oh this is probably too big yeah it looks pretty big it's a two-hander oh i'll play with yours for a bit well i thought this was going to be more of a grudge mash but it sounds like uh, it's a clear winner so uh looks like i'll be getting my hands on one I'm very excited to to say that we've got um, a very famous Sasquatch hunter here with us today. Um, his name is Terry Smallshoe. Um, thanks for joining me, Terry. Oh, thanks for having me on. So you're a Sasquatch hunter, is that right? Oh, yeah. Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yeti, whatever you want to call them. Have, have you ever seen a Bigfoot, Terry, yourself? Oh, yeah. What? I'll never fucking forget it. Really? Can you tell us what happened? Oh, well, I was out hunting with my friend Dazza. And uh, we put a shot into this, like, kangaroo, but the roo just kept on running. So we tracked it on, and uh, eventually the trail lead into this um, sort of canyon. Yeah, right. It, like, opened out, and it was like a kind of clearing thing with, like, a cave at the back. Right. And then this roo had been, like, opened up, mate. Like, you know, someone just fucking torn it apart. Jesus Christ. So we stopped and had a look around, and I said, oh, maybe we should get back. But Dazza wanted to investigate, so... He steps out into the clearing and, like, you know, kind of towards the kangaroo. And all of a sudden there's this kind of kind of whispering. Right. But, like, not in my ears. It was like like it came from inside my mind. You know, like like the beast was inside me. Right. It was, like, beckoning us closer. You know what I mean? Not really. You know, like it was willing us to walk towards the cave. Huh. So, like, I held back by Dazza. He was closer, so I think maybe, like, the psychic power was um, stronger for him or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Mm. So um, he headed in towards the cave, and then suddenly this dark shape leapt out and forced him onto the ground. And they're, like, rolling around and struggling and shit, and then, like, also kind of in, like, a internal struggle. You know, like, the Sasquatch is inside of him. What, like, with its psychic powers? No, no, I mean, like, physically, it's, like, fucking him. Oh, right. And this thing's huge, mate. The Sasquatch? No, nah, man, the penis. Fucking enormous. Oh, um, right. And Daz is struggling, but, mm. you know, they've got these guard hairs on the shaft and... Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Jesus Christ. So was Daz all right? Well, when it when it all finished, the beast just kind of tossed him aside and then shot him in the back like a fucking coward. Shot him? Yeah, mate. The gun? Yep. What kind of gun does a Bigfoot have? Oh, like a hunting rifle? Right. And it, it said... That's for sleeping with my wife, you fucking piece of shit. And then it spat on his back. Right. And then that night, that night it came to my house and it fucking raped and murdered my wife. Right. And I want everyone to know, if you fuck with me, if you fuck with Terry Smallshoe... Okay, Terry. ...then maybe you'll wake up in the middle of the night... Yep. ...with a little Sasquatch penis inside of you. Okay, I think maybe... Are we fucking clear? Y- yeah, we're clear, Terry. Good. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, th- thanks for being here. Should we uh, should we look at some news? Yep. I found a way to 
to increase or decrease the size of your penis. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it's all true, Luke. It's all very true. I don't know. It's just feeling a bit small at the moment. Sure. So I wouldn't mind something just a little bit bigger. You feel your hands have grown a little bit. It could just be it's still a little swollen after breaking my wrist. (laughs) How well endowed do you want to be? The maximum size. I've got to go something huge. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? You know, it's yep. not every day you get to choose the size of your penis. Mm. I think it's even enticing me to give it a try. <laughs> All right. That's uh, that's the most unsexy thing. So, yeah, it wasn't a sign of, oh, I'm trying to be sexy. It's a, oh, I don't want you to see that on me. Yeah, that's fair. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Sasquatch Watch. I'm Terry Smallshoe, professional Bigfoot hunter. We're out in the Pilliga scrub today, hunting for the famous Australian Yowie. Those of you unfamiliar with the Yowie can check out my mate Bongo's interview on YouTube. I will say this though, it's a dangerous creature and we need to be very, very careful. Come on, let's go! Terry proceeds further into the scrub. It's getting late now, but he believes he's picked up a trail and, like a dog with a bone, Terry won't let go of the bone. Shh, keep it quiet. Deep in the scrub now, and I think whatever it is that we're tracking is nearby. I've doubled back to make sure, but I think this thing is actually tracking us. It seems to be leaving fresh tracks behind us. I've never seen droppings quite like this before. They... Mm, they, they just kind of taste like twigs. It's very unusual. Wait... I hear some movement. Shh. Gotcha! Don't fucking move or I'll blow your head off. What? What the hell are you? Away, put your weapon! I mean you no harm! Have you been following us? What the fuck do you want? I am wondering, why are you here? Me? I'm hunting the Yowie. What about you? Are you a Yowie? No. Well, then you better offer up some useful information before I lose my patience. Yoda. You seek Yoda. Yoda? Is that... is that the Yowie's name? Yes. Oh, just take me to him then. Patience! Patience? What do you mean? You disgusting little troglodyte. I'm gonna teach you a lesson. No. What do you mean no? How are you gonna stop me? For my ally is the Force. Yeah? Well, I know a thing or two about Force myself. (laughs) Yeah, now, take off that robe. Hmm? Oh, you're all... Green and wrinkly under there. When 900 years old you reach, look as good you are not, hmm? Well, I'm gonna try and enjoy this. Do. Or do not. There is no try. You asked for it. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop laughing at it. <laughs> stop it. That is why you fail. It is not. Plenty of women have said it's a good size. I looked it up on the internet, and it's normal. You must unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> shut up, you just shut up. Turn the camera off. Turn the, turn the fucking camera off. And that's all we have time for this week. Join us again next week as Terry hunts for the legendary abominable snowman in the Himalayan mountains. It should be very educational. Who the hell is funding this show? Shut up and read the audio, kid. Unless you prefer to wake up a little Sasquatch penis design. Yeah, yeah. A very little Sasquatch penis from what I've seen. You shut up!
You better not be jerking it over there. See, it's not the first thing that pops into my head is to masturbate in the toilet. Chances are I'm erect. Oh, God, it is. You just want to see the penis. Uh, I don't think that's really provocative. That's just creepy. If you give your taint a bit of a push... Oh, it's amazing. So your trousers come down? Oh, it is... It is good. Oh, I'm going to come on your face. Oh, my God. Oh, harmonious. You didn't finish. Yeah. It was just very, very dry. I'd like to talk to someone about problems with my unit. Oh, Dan. Yeah, you'd never know that it uh, it, it was faked. So. I know you're not faking it. Oh, sleepy time. You're the wind beneath my wings, Maddie. And he didn't fuck you. You fucked him. This could have been a nice thing between us. You had to ruin it. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sasquatch Watch Asia. I'm your host, famed Sasquatch hunter, Lee Smallshoe. On tonight's episode, I'll head deep into the jungles of Bukit Timah, where I'll attempt to locate, trap and eventually kill the famed Bukit Timah Monkey Man, Singapore's very own Sasquatch. Lee boards the train in Singapore's central district and prepares to embark on the gruelling 15-minute journey into the heartlands and the dark jungles of Bukit Timah. Bukit Timah isn't so much a jungle as it once was. In fact, it's mostly private housing, businesses and eateries. But in the 1.6 square kilometres of remaining rough lands, there have been several sightings of the legendary Monkey Man. So far, only about 100% of those sightings have proven to be false. Actual monkeys common in the region and not the monkey man itself. The facts don't lie. Except when they do. Tickets? What? Oh, one to Bukit Timah, please. What about those guys? Who? Film crew Oh, damn. Uh, can we get a family rail pass? The crew pulled together their money, but between them could only collect about half the fare needed to take the entire unit all the way to Bukit Timah. Yeah, it's a bit of a setback, but there's always research to be done, so I'm going to head back to my parents' basement where I work. And live. And live. And we'll regroup from there. Without even a basic transportation budget, Lee doubts if the money he raised from Kickstarter is really enough to fund the entire 12-part series. As he left the station, he mused to himself how he wasn't even sure how he was going to pay the voiceover artist for... What? Ah, fuck this. Thanks to a clerical error at the Australian Film Institute, Terry Smallshoe has been able to secure enough funding to travel the world shooting the first season of Sasquatch Watch. This week we find Terry high in the Himalayan mountains, on the trail of a legendary Bigfoot-like creature, the Yeti, otherwise known as the Abominable Snowman. Yeah, g'day. Um, I'm here in the majestic Himalayan mountains, and I can tell you, it's fucking cold. I've had to pop two pairs of my socks on, and uh, I traded the old Dunlop volleys in for a pair of these hiking boots, which is alright because they're pretty fucking cool. Tez's survival tip number one, uh, in conditions like this, warm water can turn pretty fucking cold real quick. So while it might seem like a good idea at the time, take it from me, intentionally pissing yourself is not a good way to warm up in the snow. Terry secures the services of two Sherpas, mountain men of the Himalayas. Their names are Ang and Zhang Bu and Terry questions them on the tales of the snowman. Hey, Ang, you ever seen the abominable snowman? Once. Once I see him. You saw him? Ang, can you take me to where this happened? 
Yes, yes, we go. And so Terry and his two Sherpa companions set off into the mountains, towards the site where Ang last saw evidence of the Yeti. Terry hadn't counted on the strict vegetarian diet followed by his friends, and his mood was becoming increasingly foul. For days they saw no sign of the beast. But then one morning, as they neared the summit, disaster struck. Zhang Bu's tent was discovered, torn apart, and Zhang Bu was no more. Um, yeah, well, it looks like uh, during the night, the um, abominable Sasquatch came into camp and um, ripped into Yang Bu's tent. Uh, it then seems to have um, raped him to death and then consumed the more delicious meaty parts of his um, tasty Sherpa body, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's awful, yeah, it's, it's awful. Uh, Ang, are you alright? He's such terrible. Poor Zhang Bu. He uh, is kind soul. We must head back to village and warn. First, here. We, we must eat for strength. Here. Oh, uh, nah, I'm, uh, I'm actually alright. I, um, I'm, just, I'm not that hungry. I'm good. Uh, still, still full from, from last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Teddy? You think? Mr. Teddy, what is, what is this blood on your boot? My boot? Yes, you, you have blood on boot, Mr. Teddy, and also on sleeve. <sighs> right, listen to me, Ang. We're going to pack this up, and we're going to head back to the village, and we're going to deliver the news to the villagers. We're going to make it very clear to them, like I'm making it very clear to you. Jang Boo was asleep in his tent, and the abominable snowman burst in, had its way with him, and feasted on his delicious corpse. Then, as it wiped the drool from its mouth, it said, You should have stayed the fuck away from my wife. And if those villagers, if they fuck with me, if you, Ang, if you fuck with Terry Smallshoe, maybe you'll wake up in the middle of the night with an abominable penis inside of you. Do you understand me? And so ended Terry Smallshoe's adventure in the Himalayas. Join us next time on Sasquatch Watch when Terry travels to Scotland in search of the European Sasquatch, also known as the Wild Man of the Woods. Mr. Skywalker, thanks for joining me. You're shorter than I expected. Well, I'm sitting down. Why? I was going to interview you for the podcast. I understand. Okay. Okay. Um, please take a seat. Yes. Thanks again for agreeing to be on the show. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your experience working on the Star Wars prequels? Don't ask me to do that. <laughs> oh, it's like that, is it? Got some stories you could tell us? No. Right. You, you really just don't want to talk about it? Why are you asking this of me? Well, it's the reason I asked you to come on the show. You said you said you'd be willing to come on and discuss the Star Wars films, and you said, "So, sorry, what do you? Don't, don't drink that." Don't worry. No, really, that's Terry's moonshine, and I'm not sure it's fit for human consumption. Just intoxicating. Yeah, I'm sure it is. You, all right? Well, you've drunk the whole bottle. That's just great. He's gonna fucking kill me. I want more. You can't have more. Why? Because it's not mine, it's Terry's, and he's a fucking psycho. You can't have any more. It's unfair. What? How old are you? What did you say? You're acting like a spoiled teenager. I've given up trying to argue with you. Get, get out of the cupboard. There isn't any more of it in there. Liar! Well, 
I didn't know it was there. Like I said, it's not mine. If you're suffering as much as I am, please tell me. What? Well, I mean, this isn't the best interview I've ever done, but... It's not fair! What are you doing? Don't worry. Don't pull that on... What? You're covered in it. What are you... What the fuck are you doing? The Jedi turned against me. Don't you turn against me. Why did you say that like it's a question? What are you going to... Put the... No, put the lighter down. Don't... Don't do that. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. What the fuck? You're a fucking psycho. Put the lighter down. Jesus Christ, he's on fire. You underestimate my power. You're a fucking maniac. Shit, I need to... I need to call the fire brigade. I hate you! Yeah, hello. Yeah, fire department. <sighs> what? Yeah. Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll hold. Yep. Yeah, I'll hold. Something is lurking in the Pilaga Scrub. 911, what are you reporting? Uh, someone or something crawling around out here. And there's only one man who can track him down. Let's get to the point. Starring Liam Neeson as Terry Smallshoe. Do you see him now, sir? Well, it's a tiny, tiny little He'll discover there's more going on than meets the eye. There's horrible sex and slave trade going on. But will he get too close to this abominable creature? I've contracted AIDS. Co-starring Rose Byrne. I'm actually a bit bored. Man, the things I would do to her. And Willem Dafoe as the Sasquatch. There will be no survivors. From acclaimed director James Wan comes Sasquatch Watch, the movie. Out this summer, ideas stolen from multiple nerdgasm. As I said before, I've got full-blown AIDS. And I think you'll all agree that Mrs. McLaren's tuna wins Fish of the Week. Fish of the Week! Well, that's about all we've got time for this weekend. You fucking cunt. What? Terry, I'm in the middle of something. Shut up! Ah, what the fuck? I know what you're up to, you piece of shit. What are you talking about? Ah, fuck, Terry. You know goddamn well what I'm talking about. Where is it? Where is what? Ow, did you just slap me? Yeah, have another. What is going on? I saw the box. I know you're importing them. Box? What box? Importing what? Maybe I'll strangle the truth out of you. The, the truth doesn't work that way. Terry. What? I said... Speak up. I can't. You, you're joking me. Oh, right. <sighs> Fucking hell, Terry, what is going on? You left the trail, Matt. You and your little podcast friends. They all left trails. Little dirty trails. Trails? Trails of what? Droppings and shit. What? Just stop for a minute, please, and think before you speak. What are you asking me? Right, well, I was watching me stories, drinking me VB, and I got through the first case and I thought... I better put that in the recycling, or Captain Trashpants will have a whinge about it. Captain Trashpants? Yeah, that's you. Oh, right. So, I take my empties out to the recycling, and what do I find? Evidence. Evidence? Evidence of what? Deceit! Ah! Fuck! What was in the recycling, Terry? For God's sake! The box! The Yeti's box! I saw it! I know you've got him in here somewhere. A baby, judging by the size. Now, where the fuck is it? Terry, stop it. I can explain. Maybe this will loosen your tongue. No, put that away. I can explain. It's a microphone, Terry. It's this microphone. 
What? It's this microphone, the Blue Yeti. Is that the box that you saw? It, it might be. It might be. Is it? I mean, of course it is. It's this microphone, Terry. It's called the Blue Yeti. It's a microphone. We all bought new microphones to record the podcast. Hmm. Yeah, now that you mention it, that microphone does appear to say Blue Yeti on it. Yeah. So, are we done here? Yeah, I, uh, I guess we are. Thank you. Now, can you please leave? I have to finish recording this show, and then I need to post an update on the Multiple Nerdgasm Instagram. Oh, that reminds me. I saw the picture of the Sasquatch jerky, too. Oh, fuck! Star Wars. A cultural phenomenon. You'd be hard-pressed to find a person who hasn't heard of Star Wars, even if there are still a few heathens out there who've yet to see a Star Wars film. The original Star Wars trilogy is one of the most beloved series of all time, with some of the most committed and loyal fans. Despite harsh criticism, the prequel trilogy was a massive success, bringing Star Wars to even more people, young and old. Six films. But it's not over. Star Wars Episode 7 has completed principal photography, and it has a title, The Force Awakens. This is an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, as we await our first glimpse of what lies beyond the original films. It is an exciting time, um, and I'm very excited to announce that I have with me today one of the stars of the Star Wars. Uh, one of the most renowned and well-known characters in the Star Wars universe. It's just such an honor to have you here in the studio today. I'm a little nervous, so forgive me if I gush a little. Um, I'm just pleased that you were able to join us. Please, welcome to the show. Excuse sh- me! Yes, please, everybody welcome the incredible Mr. Jar Jar Binks. Mr. So smiling to see in you, sir! It's great to see you, too. To be honest, I wasn't sure you'd be this friendly. Some of the other cast members are known for their uh, disinterest or, I guess, standoffish nature with the fans. Well, that smells stinker Agreed. Well, the fans got you where you are today. And uh, you, personally, have experienced the power of the fans more than possibly any other Star Wars character, haven't you? Crazy! How rude! Oh, they sure can be. Did the backlash from the fans get to you? Did you ever wonder if you'd made a mistake? No. Not really, no. No? No. Really? Really, no. Honestly. Lucky, lucky. No. When The Phantom Menace was finished, and you first got to see what the start of the next chapter of Star Wars looked like, what did you think? Talk us through the thoughts that went through your head as you watched the film. Oh no! This isn't very, very bad. Goodness. And and how did you feel about the way you were portrayed in the film? This embarrassing. Hmm, indeed, I can imagine. And Attack of the Clones, your feelings sat in the cinema for the first time. No again! Hmm. Hmm. Were you concerned? What did you think the fans' reaction would be? We shall be robbed and crunched! Really? I'll cut to the question on everyone's mind, since they first announced the new films. Will Jar Jar be back for the new trilogy? Boom! Misa back! Oh my god, that is exciting news! Misa busting with happiness! I'm surprised you're allowed to make that announcement here on the podcast. Did you get clearance from Disney to talk about it? Oops! Well, just because, I mean, contractually that could end pretty badly for you if you're under an NDA or anything. Jaja? Jaja? Well, uh, I guess that concludes our interview. Um, you heard it here first. Jaja Binks is about to be fired by Disney, so he won't be appearing in the new Star Wars films. 
That's such a tragedy. For the past 10 minutes, I've spent every waking moment trying to figure out where a British expat was for 21 minutes after his work one day in 1995. On April 11th, 1995, the wife of a famed Australian tour guide disappeared. Right after her shift stocking shelves, she was supposed to pick up a case of VB and bring it down to the local cricket ground for her mother's third wedding. But she didn't show. About a month later, her body was found in a cave in the nearby bush. The cause of death was partial strangulation and a gunshot wound to the back. A couple of weeks after that, the British expat, Barnaby Wellington, was arrested for her murder. The victim was Darlene Smallshoe, wife of renowned Sasquatch hunter Terry Smallshoe. At the time, Smallshoe and Wellington was a very well-known tour group specializing in Sasquatch sightings and education. Wellington was tried and convicted and has been serving time in the Pilliga County Correctional Facility for the last 20 years. The only problem is, he says he didn't do it. One person who is not so sure is Terry Smallshoe, widower of the deceased. Well, if he wasn't raping and murdering my wife, what was he doing? There's your evidence. Yeah, that is a really good point, Terry. Terry made a lot of good points, and we will discuss those and much more in future episodes of Tempting Fate. Oh, what a lovely pair of tits. Oh, hello. I'm just having a little peep out my window. I'm Winston Winstable, and if you love bird watching as much as I do, and I do, you can join me every week for Multiple Birdgasm, your destination for all things birdie. Come on round. Yep. Yep, that's it. Good boy. <laughs> I'm Cletus McWendy's, and I'm utterly obsessed. If your heart's been trampled by these majestic, rotund, yet strangely sexy bovines like mine, subscribe to Multiple Herdgasm, your destination for all things herdy. <laughs> Remember Buddy McBoatface? Boat McBoatface. Remember Buddy McBoatface? McBoatface. Remember Buddy McBoatface? McBoatface. Speaking of this. Speaking of this. I kind of hope it sinks. It's us again. Uh, we <laughs> pop back in uh, to tell you about Tea Public. In fact, one of you already knows about Tea Public because we uh, we sold something to one of you this week. Yeah, 
Uh, if you if you got a lovely T-shirt from our merch store, multiplenerdgasm.com slash merch, send us in a pic of you wearing it when it arrives. We love to uh, we love to see those. Um, they've got our faces on some of them, our logo and stuff like that. And we've also got a curated collection of cool shirts. Yeah, if it was a T-shirt that you bought, send us a picture of you wearing that and nothing else. <laughs> Let's yeah. start a precedent and that... That is what happens when you buy merch. Yeah. Hashtag dress like Luke. Yep. Yep. I think they work. Yeah. Multiplenergasm.com slash merch. Mm, yeah. That's a good nice heady aroma. Smooth consistency and delivered with gusto. My name's Anuscliff Sniff. And when you need all the latest in the world of fecophilia, you can trust multiple turdgasm as your destination for all things turdy. Previously on Tempting Fate. Barnaby Wellington has been in prison for the murder of Darlene Smallshoe for the past 20 years. But is he innocent? Well, if he wasn't raping and murdering my wife, what was he doing? Something I discovered during the course of this investigation is that it is very difficult to account for your time. For example, what did you do on Wednesday three weeks ago? One week ago? What about a few minutes ago? Terry, can you remember what you were doing five minutes ago? Where were you? Five minutes ago? I've got no idea. Uh, I might have been outside having a durry. Or, uh, was I scratching my scroat then? Uh, Actually, I don't know. Was I talking to you? I guess we'll never know. Barnaby has to remember the precise details of a trip that he took home from work 20 years ago. This is a collect call from the Pilliga County Correctional Facility. I remember exactly what I was doing. What would you like to know? Yeah, but I mean, no one can remember details from that long ago. I left work at precisely 1702. I spent four minutes driving to the orphanage, where I dropped off some hand-knitted sweaters. At 1710, I stopped by the home of Mrs. Dundee, the oldest resident of Pilliger, to make her a cup of tea. Old Grey with a lemon twist. From there I drove to the Pilliger Community Centre, arriving seven minutes early for my 1730 World Memory Championship training. We had a competition the week later, you see. Yeah, Terry had trouble remembering as well. Are you serious? Sometimes I I wish he could just remember the details. It would make all of this so much easier. We tried to verify Barnaby's timeline, but unfortunately the orphanage has since closed and Mrs. Dundee passed away many years ago. That old bitch died too? That's suspicious. She probably shouldn't have slept with my wife. Next time on Tempting Fate, Terry and I travel back to Pilliga to continue the investigation. The stinkier, the better. That's that's our motto. From the cow's tea to the farmer's bucket, and then into a vat mixed with enzymes from a ruminant mammal's stomach to spread it your next high society do. If you love cheese as much as I love cheese, which is unlikely but feasible, I suppose, then you'll love multiple curdgasm. The podcast that pleases with cheeses. That's a little rhyme that I made up about cheese. Mm. Previously on Tempting Fate.
exactly what I was doing. Yeah, Terry had trouble remembering as well. After much discussion, Terry and I determined that the best way to verify Barnaby's story was to retrace the steps he says he took that day. We went back to the former tour offices of Small Shoe in Wellington and Terry's Holden, Toronto. Okay, so first Barnaby says he got to the orphanage in four minutes. So let's start the clock. Yeah, right, okay. Uh, It's left, right? Right. Right. All right, I'll uh, just pop on the old indicator. And um, here we go. No, no, right, like, correct. It's the other way, Terry. The other way? Why didn't you say something? All right, well, I'm I'm not very good at U-turns, so I... uh, I might just pull over and check the old GPS on the phone um, to see if there's another way to get there. <laughs> Look at that. My friend just got a new cat. He's posted some uh, hilarious pics on Instagram. Uh, look, there he is, chasing some yarn. And look at this one. <laughs> Finally, I was that flexible. Have you, uh, you got an Instagram? I just wanted to see if you posted any nudes. 45 minutes later, we made it to the orphanage and it was clear that there was no way that Barnaby could have arrived here in the time that he stated. We then headed back to the old office and decided to see if we could make it to the cave where Darlene was murdered and then on to the Pilliga Community Center where Barnaby had his memory training in under 21 minutes. Terry, was that a stop sign? Nah, he wouldn't have been paying attention to those while he was raping and murdering my wife. He probably took a shortcut through the scrub here. Well, here we are. Uh, Let's continue on to the community center and see how long that takes. Oh, looks like I interrupted their bingo game. Hi, Terry. Oh, g'day, Luke. When are you, uh, when are you going to let me back on the podcast? Uh, well, I don't know about that, Terry. You kind of fucked us around a lot. We made it to the cave and then to the community centre in just under 20 minutes. That gives Barnaby an entire minute to rape and murder Darlene. Things don't seem to be looking good for him, but sometimes I just get this feeling like he could be innocent. Terry, do you ever think maybe he didn't do it? Nah. Next time on Tempting Fate, we will run through Terry's version of events just for the sake of completeness, because, believe it or not, he was at some point a suspect. I'm joined now by the co-director of a new film that recently had its world premiere at the Slamdance Film Festival in Park City, Utah. It's been described as perhaps the funniest film to ever come out of Australia. Daniel Miller, welcome to the show. Could you tell us a bit about the film? Yeah, it's called The Tail Job. Right. Well... Can we, uh... Can we include a clip? This is an audio podcast, so I'm not sure that would translate too well. Do you have a clip you want me to play? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I have the file now. Um, all right, here we go. This is a clip from, uh, from the film. This doesn't seem to be a clip of the movie. Is that... Yeah. Is that you, Dan? Correct. With a midget? That's right. And what is that 
maneuver she's performing on you called? It's called the tail job. Right. Did you invent this position? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like to think that I didn't invent it. I, that it was kind of already out there, and I just organised it and gave it a name. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, it's certainly impressive from a stamina and endurance sort of perspective. Oh, cheers, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty stoked. I've got to say, I'm surprised you found someone willing to do it. You can't pay actresses to do that. They don't do it. So, you actually have to pay um, porn stars or strippers to come out and do it. Yeah, well, it makes me wonder what else you get up to. God, where do you begin? This might be the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. Except maybe that rape scene in Irreversible. You know what? We had a sales agent tell us that that scene is his favourite scene. Whatever. A lot of people are starting to watch it. Okay. And uh, everyone really likes it, which is great. Can we, uh, can we include a clip? What's that noise? Matt, you want to have a guess what it is? <laughs> I'd rather we just get back to talking about your film. Well, that sounds riveting. Well, I'm sorry this interview doesn't interest you. N- nothing we can do about that. Well, you're just going to make derisive comments about me now. There's only one thing that anyone ever criticises, but it's always the same thing. Yeah, whatever. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Fuck off. I guess we'll put this interview up on the specials channel or something. And say, here lies a failure. That sucked. Previously on Tempting Fate. Terry, can you remember what you were doing five minutes ago? Where were you? Five minutes ago? I've got no idea. The following audio is from Terry's testimony during the court case, as he is cross-examined by Barnaby's defense attorney, Pistina Putierez. Where were you on April 11th, 1995? Um, I was probably at work all day. Um, I've got a really good work ethic, so uh, I would have been putting in the hours. Barnaby claims you left work just after noon that day. Oh, what day was that again? April 11th. The day your wife was murdered. Oh, that April 11th, 1995, yeah. Was that episode 7505 of Days of Our Lives? Where Marlena seduces John in that sexy white negligee? Yeah, 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 I remember now. Where were you, Mr. Small Shoe? Oh, I knocked off early. I like to sit with a beer and watch me stories. So you were drinking beer? Nah, my bitch of a uh, lovely wife... Forgot to stock up my fridge, so I didn't have my VB that day. So what did you do? Well, I just watched my story, and then I went to bed, because I didn't have any grog. You went to bed at 2 p.m.? Yep. We have a record of a phone call placed by you to the grocery store where your wife works. At 2.07 p.m. Oh, I think Barnaby had my phone that day. A landline? Oh, wait. April 11th, did you say? Right, you mean the episode where Marlena wore those contact lenses to hide her demon eyes? Yeah, I remember now. 
I told her to pick me up a case and I'd meet her at Bonza Buy in the car park because she had to piss off to some sluz banger. You were supposed to meet her, but you never saw her again? Nah. And I never got my VB either. <laughs> As you can see, Terry's story is airtight. Uh, Terry, what did you do after Darlene didn't show up at the Bonsabai? Were you worried? Well, I was so worried I drank an entire case of beer when I got home. I was worried that Roman Brady was going to kill John for murdering and raping his wife, Marlena. Whenever I start to think that Barnaby is innocent, Terry puts it all into perspective for me. When I hear how upset Terry gets talking about Darlene, I can't seem to imagine him committing these crimes. Do you miss her? Yeah. I think about her every day with those demon eyes. Ah, oh, Marlena. You mean Darlene? Next time on Tempting Fate, we talk to some key witnesses for more information. Do you know why we're sandstand this week? What? Um, I he's actually gone on the warpath. What? Didn't, didn't you know about this? No. There was an incident very oh. recently where a um Nugget was set on fire. What? Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, apparently during some kind of sports celebration, mm-hmm. uh, some some team members took it upon themselves to set a midget on fire. Oh. Mm. Oh, well, it's nothing less than they deserve. <laughs> I think it's a bit harsh. <laughs> I mean, this, this man is an entertainer, hey, hey, David. It is a democracy. I am entitled to my opinion, no matter how bigoted, Matt. Look, Luke actually hit the proverbial nail on the head. Uh, when in last week's show, he mentioned the horrific tragedy of dwarf entertainer Blake Johnson being maliciously set alight. Uh, and he was quite right that I had uh, gone out on a mission of vengeance. No. So um, uh, you can all follow my progress here in a special audio segment called uh, Midget Watch St. Kilda Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the AFL is in damage control again this morning after a dwarf entertainer was set alight during St Kilda's <laughs> Mad Monday celebrations. Victoria Police will investigate claims an entertainer was set on fire during St Kilda's Mad Monday celebrations. Given everything that the AFL's been through, uh, setting fire to a dwarf is the last thing we would have expected. <laughs> the man who was dwarfed suffered minor injuries. St Kilda players hired two dwarfs as part of their now controversial Mad Monday celebrations yesterday. League boss Andrew Demetrio is also under fire for laughing when asked about the incident. Several <laughs> of the players actually took to setting themselves on fire, their clothing and the like, but when they apparently became idiots. bored with that, they thought they'd set fire to the clothing of one of the dwarves, one of two dwarves that they actually booked. Police are investigating this rather startling incident. They have confirmed there's some minor injuries. In fact, he does point out that the flames took a little while to put out. These are very serious <laughs> allegations. You're damn right they're serious. When a midget gets set alight in my town, or in this case... Dave's town. There's no way I'm just going to sit back and take it. St. Kilda Dwarf Arsonists, I'm fucking coming for you. And I'm going to start by talking to the one man who was there that doesn't have his brains in his pectorals. Dwarf entertainer and key witness, Arthur Cerevitas. 
So what happened, dude? Just a play went behind my friend. Uh, okay. Got one of those gas <laughs> lighters that you light up a stove. You can light up anything with them, but go on. And basically <laughs> lit him up. Part of his shirt and pants got on fire. Part of the shirt and all of the pants got it. And after that, yeah, someone put it out and he just, uh, you know, got ticked off. And basically <laughs> left. That was the end of our, our gig, basically. You heard him. He got ticked off and then basically <laughs> left. Basically. But Arthur, what can you tell me about this guy? He basically put him a light. I saw his shirt go up. Wait, stripping him first? Inflame and all that kind of stuff. Oh, inflame, right. I was taken back. I think I was shocked. He just turned around. You know, his face dropped. He was... Melting? I think he was disgusted. Oh. He said to me, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go, indeed. <laughs> well, Snake killed a player, Clinton Jones. I've got one thing to say to you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Blake Johnson, you will be avenged. Midget Watch just got personal. So that's, uh, that's where I've been. Um, Jesus. Sorry I couldn't make the podcast. Wow. But I was on wow. a, uh, on the trail of oh. a madman. Bravo, sir. So, um, how's that going? He's you, dead. Uh, he's, he's dead now. You, you oh. killed him. Yeah, he's, Jesus. he's, uh, yeah, he's buried in a grave. It's even shallower than my ex-wife. Hi, I'm John Audible, and, uh, and this is my grandpa. Right! Um, we have a, a weekly show. What? We host a weekly. What? We host. Are you going to introduce me? Yes, I introduced you. What? God damn it! Tell them about the podcast. I'm doing that. It's new. The podcast. My hat. We we host a weekly show about the latest in hearing technology. No, no, no need to apologize. If your hearing aid won't behave, who got AIDS from Dave? Then tune in once a week to our conversation. I'll bet he wants to see compensation. As we discuss all the latest developments in oral technology. That's disgusting. I, I bet that's how he got it in the first place. Multiple... What? Multiple... What? Multiple misheardgasm. Your destination for all things... What? Misheardy. But yeah, man, that was a very, very good Yeah? I mean, it's so long. I thought I was near the end so many times, and I, I was not. Like, mm. it's very long. There's a lot of there. In a good way. I think if you just powered through... When I got to the end, where uh, we're about to have the final you know, hint, hint. You got anything you want to wrap up before we, uh, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, forget it. Let's just go. Like, yeah. otherwise I'll be here forever. Yeah. And I got a little... And I was like, oh, that hurts. But, you know. It's done. We've got to finish this. <laughs> Peter, we've got a segment called Midget Watch on this podcast. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, I, I, it's hard not to laugh. I was wondering if you could tell us what dwarves are really like. They are kind of... Dangerous? Not dangerous, but they are kind of... Uh, they're, they're they're not you know they're 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 creatures they're they're 
ethereal beings these dwarves usually are and then they're asexual really and they're either fools or they're very or they're filled with wisdom and have no other answers but a bit removed well that sounds like a bit of a stereotype i don't want to throw words like stereotypes out in this interview Oh, no, 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 you don't have to worry. Stereotypes are basically what we use as the basis of our comedy. Look, historically, we've used this podcast as a vehicle to out various celebrities as pedophiles. Now, I don't want to be presumptuous, but have you ever touched any kids? And if so, how many? Um, about five kids. Really? Five, And how did you catch these kids? I mean, it's not like you could successfully chase after them. I have these uh, German shepherds. They're sort of my army of dogs that I've mutated as well. Jesus. They found other people. I grew up in northern New Jersey. And they found other people in northern New Jersey uh, with dwarfism. Children. Oh, you mean only dwarf kids? That's creepy. Like from four years old to, to ten years old or something. And we'd have picnics. Yeah, well, we all know what picnic is in pedo slang. Why don't you just come out and say what it is that you do to these kids instead of using euphemisms like picnic? It was mainly more for the parents, I think, than for us. Because it's sort of new to these parents and how to deal with it. Oh. And how do these parents react? You know, like uptight. And that's not good. No, not at all. Well, this is our 100th episode, but it's also the return of our prodigal panellist, Dave. What do you think of Dave and the time he's had off? He's, well, he's a diva. He's kind of... That's a bit harsh. I don't know. It's hard to get him out of his trailer. I don't know. Yeah, well, we don't actually have trailers. We do this from our separate houses via Skype. But he's, he's great. I think he's... He, he could do so much with so little. Aww. And he has so little. Ah. Uh, well, you've ruined it. Previously on Tempting Fate. On April 11th, 1995 the wife of a famed Australian tour guide disappeared. About a month later, her body was found in a cave in the nearby bush. The cause of death was partial strangulation and a gunshot wound to the back. This week, I was fortunate enough to speak with one of the key witnesses in the case against Barnaby Wellington. The following is an excerpt from my interview with the nephew of Terry, Patsy Smallshoe the boy who made the gruesome discovery of Darlene Smallshoe's moist, decaying body in a cave deep within the Pilliga scrub one month after her disappearance. Thanks for agreeing to speak with me, Patsy. No worries. I'm really sorry to have to ask these kinds of questions, but could you tell us the events that led up to your discovery of Darlene? Well, it was a long time ago, but I'll give it a red-hot go. If I recall correctly, I was covering for Uncle Terry by taking some tourists out to the local Squatch Watch hotspots. He gave me an old gym bag to use as bait. He said it was full of piss-covered deer meat. And he said to leave it outside the entrance to a cave system where he'd heard Squatch meat about a month back. He said definitely don't open the bag because it's then should be overpowering. 
And we didn't want two whorebag squatch raping and murdering a bus full of tourists. That would be so awful. Has that happened before? Nah, nah, never a bus full. Anyway, I ditched the bag inside the entrance and sat back to see if we could catch a glimpse of a little squatch penis. But after a few minutes, me and the tourists were going to be antsy. So I went into the cave to see if we could flush the out. That's, uh... Well, that's, that's when I found Annie Darlow. Who's Annie Darlow? Is that a, a Sasquatch? No, no, I'm nuts. That's my auntie. Darlow. Darlene. Dolls. Dummy Dummy Dingleberries. Oh, Darlene Smallshoe. Yeah, that's what I said. Anyway, she was kind of laid out. Naked. It would have been pretty hot, except I think a Squatch might have had a bit of a nibble on her. Ugh. Yeah. Poor Annie Darlow. Anyway, we hightailed it back, called the coppers, and they headed on down to investigate. The police investigation revealed the cause of death to be strangulation and a gunshot wound one month earlier. There was no evidence linking anyone to the body. However, there was one damning piece linking someone to the crime scene. This turned out to be the key piece of evidence in the case against Barnaby Wellington. Barnaby, how else do you explain it? I'm afraid I really have no idea. They went missing from my car. But they were found just outside the entrance to the cave where Darlene was found. Do you deny they were yours? No, uh, of course not. They were definitely my gym clothes. I just don't have an explanation for how my bag got there. Next time on Tempting Fate. A surprising development that could support Barnaby's limping case. It's my great pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. David Icke. David, I hear you're, uh, you're a fan of the show. You think, you think our show's pretty interesting? Well, now it gets bloody interesting. Well, I'd argue it's always pretty interesting. Um, but what's your favourite segment? I love this bit. What, the bit that you're on? Well, that doesn't surprise me. I've asked you to come on for a specific reason. We've had a discussion this week about conspiracy theories and how there's always a they behind it. So, who are they? Exactly. Who are they? Who are they? Who is this non-human race? Non-human? The key ones uh, seem to take a reptilian form. Well, that's fucking terrifying. And, uh, of course... But hang on a minute. If there were reptile creatures running the world, surely surely we would have seen them by now. Like, I, I, I mean, who are these people? How have we not noticed? We, we, we decode a tiny frequency range within infinity, and we think that... We know it all. Right. Well, that doesn't explain anything. It's an interesting fact. I guess we'll be the judge of that. That if you want to control people's perception of what's possible... I definitely do. Then you just... Yes. ...limit the information they receive about what is possible. It's real simple. Sounds simple. And then they'll believe what's possible is what they've been told is possible. Of course. And so they will dismiss by reflex action, laugh and snigger... Sorry, did you just say... Snigger. David. Now, DNA is a software program. Well, not literally. It holds different information, just like different software programs do. Okay. And this hybrid DNA... Hybrid DNA? This reptilian human DNA, shall we say. Oh, yeah, uh, that. The royal bloodlines and uh, the other effects on all of us, although lesser what than the pure ones... What? Um, ...is a software program which is information which therefore affects not only the way we perceive reality, it affects the way we decode reality. Right, so there you go. The hybrid 
DNA in these reptilian people affects our perception of reality, the way we decode reality. And that's why we didn't go to the moon. And that's why the Earth is flat. Uh, or do you think it might be symbolic for something else? Hmm. Some of the things that people think because they're crazy, but and then they, they again, it's cognitive dissonance. They don't look at what they're saying. I'm not saying they shouldn't believe it, believe what you like. It's a human right, but um, I mean, please look at your own beliefs before you start writing off others as crazy. Well, we'll, we'll be sure to do that in future, David. Thanks for your time. Um, any final words? Bigger. Great. Thanks for that. Previously on Tempting Fate. Barnaby has to remember the precise details of a trip that he took home from work 20 years ago. I remember exactly what I was doing. Since this podcast has started, we have had surprising new developments in Barnaby Wellington's case. Many people have stumbled forward with information, some useful, but most doesn't have a leg to stand on. Listeners, if you want to call in with lame conspiracy theories about how Terry murdered his own wife, we aren't interested. It's the truth we're after. I've reluctantly agreed, at the insistence of the show's producers, to speak to someone who has crawled out from under a rock and can potentially support Barnaby's version of events. That person is Miss China McCrutch, former resident of Pilliga County. Thank you for speaking with me, Miss McCrutch. I hear you have some information regarding Mr. Wellington. Could I ask why you didn't come forward earlier? I wanted to but I didn't want to damage his case further. I was an exotic dancer, and Barnaby was paying my tuition so I could get out of Piriga and make a name for myself. At the time they say Doreen Smolshi was murdered, Barnaby was in my house, dropping off a check on his way to memory training. I was worried that it would reflect badly on him to be associated with me, and I never for a moment believed they would actually convict such a kind and caring person. Well, he was directly linked to the crime scene, and if he didn't kill her, then who did? There's literally no one else I can think of who would have had motive or opportunity. Well, Barnaby didn't have a motive either. I spoke to Barnaby about this new development. It seemed suspicious to me that he wouldn't have mentioned China before, if she could confirm his alibi. Ah, China. Yes, I was quite fond of the girl, and I knew she was capable of so much more. I didn't want her to get involved in the event that whoever was really responsible for the murder went after her. I tried to build a metaphorical wall around her. Well, you certainly built a fantastic wall. Yes, you might even say it was terrific. I wasn't sure what to believe, so I turned to who I felt was the number one victim in the case. Darlene Smallshoe's loving husband, Terry. What do you think about this China thing? You mean the Yaren? Yeah, they call the Chinese wild man. It lives in the remote mountainous forested regions of western Hubei. No, Terry. China McCrutch. She verified Barnaby's alibi. What? Who the fuck is China McCrutch? She was an exotic dancer. Barnaby was paying her tuition, and he was at her house when Darlene was murdered. A stripper? Yeah, I remember her. <laughs> I guess you could say I was paying her tuition as well, in a manner of speaking. You're such a kind soul, Terry. Well, that's good for him, I guess. I just hope she doesn't wake up in the middle of the night with a little Sasquatch poo. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Hopefully nothing bad happens to her. If you know what I mean. Next time on Tempting Fate, Terry is forced to address the ridiculous allegations made against him by listeners of this very podcast. Hey, Mario, over here, man. It's me, Mario. Y yeah, dude, I know it's you. Hey, 
We just got here, man. We're not going anywhere, alright? Luigi's due here in like three minutes. Alright, it's his Bucks night. Let's just try and have a good night, alright? Oh! Do you want a drink or something, man? Yeah. Here, have a beer. Fuck me. Toad man, you motherfucker! Good to see you, dude. Here, pull up a seat. Hey, yeah, uh, we're just having some beers. Just chatting with Mario here. Uh, what you been up to, man? <laughs> right. This is gonna be a long fucking night. Mario! Mama Mario! Luigi! Over here, man! Mario! Luigi! Mario! Luigi! Has this got fucking death? Luigi! Over here, you stupid cunt! Yoo-hoo! Don't! Fucking do that, Mario. What have I told you about doing that in public? Don't. <laughs> Toad, if you're gonna fucking hang out with this, use your fucking words, alright? I, I don't want to ask you again. Fuck! Is this everyone? Is anyone else coming? Hey, Luigi! Oh, Mario! Hey, Luigi. Alright, okay. Uh, look, I've organised uh, for some dances and some food. Uh, it's probably just gonna take an hour or so. Let's just uh, get through this, alright? By the gods, I'll kill you all! Oh, fuck me. Who invited Kratos? Was it you, Luigi? Mario? Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm not taking care of him tonight. That's gonna be your fucking job. Excuse me, sir. We're gonna have to ask you to leave. Prepare to lose your head, immortal. I destroy everything I touch! Everyone duck under the table and don't say a fucking word. You have drawn your last breath. Hades awaits. I will see you suffer! Oh fuck, he's got a knife. Fuck! I see only what I have come to destroy. This poor fucker's dead. He's fucking dead. Yep, he's killed him. He's fucking killed him. You're no god. He's fucking dead, Kratos! Leave him alone! Death is the only way to escape. Now don't come over here. Fuck, no! What god left this? No, it's just, it's just an invite to the party, Kratos. I, obviously, Luigi sent it to you. Look, I don't... I don't want to make a thing out of this. I need no gifts from Olympus. Let's see what you can do. Seriously, Kratos, I don't want to fucking fight. All right, I don't want to fight. I don't want to piss you off. Look, can't we just sit down and have a, a, a nice night? Look, we're, obviously we have to leave here, all right? Because you just fucking murdered someone. But look, I just... Please, just please don't hit me. Pathetic and weak. Yep, dude, whatever. That's That's fair enough, man. Just don't... Fucking kill me. I will have my revenge. Hey! You will not see the end of this day. No, Kratos. Kratos, Mario meant nothing by that, mate. He was just saying hi. He's not sassing you. Alright, he's not sassing you. No, mate, put him down. Put him down. Kr Kratos, no! Don't fucking... Mario! You fucking killed him. You fucking killed Mario. Mamma mia! Oh, I'm out, mate. I'm out for the night. I've got to go home. Alright, I've got... I, I, I've got to go home. Alright, I just... Have a good night, mate. Have a good night. Flame of Olympus! Fucking dead shit. Previously on Tempting Fate. On April 11th, 1995, the wife of a famed Australian tour guide disappeared. About a month later, her body was found in a cave in the nearby bush. The cause of death was partial strangulation and a gunshot wound to the back. In this, the penultimate episode of Tempting Fate, Terry would like to address some of the feedback we have received from listeners and wannabe detectives. Okay, Terry, let's just jump straight in. The first tweet reads, 
Terry is probably just doing this podcast now because his show Sasquatch Watch got canceled. Hashtag attention whore. And that's from user at yes, they're real. Yeah, well, let's set the record straight on that right off the bat. Sasquatch Watch has not been cancelled. It's on what we call in the industry indefinite hold, pending some legal issues. My agent assures me that as soon as I can sort out an agreement with the Sherpas Guild and the rest of season one will go to air. Okay, uh, here's another. User at bearcub underscore club says, I've seen photos of Terry's wife. He probably got her confused with a Sasquatch and shot her. Did they not have waxing salons in Pilliga? How dare he? That's not a very nice thing to say. And frankly, I find comparing the two ridiculous. I knew Darlene for many, many years. And her sparse, frizzy chest hair could never compare to the luscious coat of a lean, muscular Sasquatch. Fucking ridiculous. Unbelievable. The nerve of these fucking people. Calm down, Terry. Let's move on. User at Legal Eagle says, I think Terry killed his wife for the insurance money. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Was I supposed to get paid? People often have life insurance, Terry. That way, if something was to happen to a loved one, the family gets some money to cover costs. Can we find out if Darlene had that? I mean, I didn't even fucking know about the money, so I definitely didn't kill her because of that. I need to call my lawyer. I, I really wish someone had mentioned this earlier. Yeah. Hello. Okay, um, we have one yeah, final yeah, tweet, Terry. and this one... Have you... Uh, well, it's a bit embarrassing, but here we go. Have you heard of this thing called life insurance? At Justin Bieber says, Sounds like the host has a thing for Terry. Wonder if he likes her. What do you think about that, Terry? Weird, right? Do you have life insurance? Next week on the final episode of Tempting Fate, we wrap things up. It's the end of the show, but is it the end of the story? Hey, you. If you... Do you... Can I... I'll have a drink sometimes. What do you know about it? Come and have a drink, cunt. Get out of the road, you fucking idiot. Everything's just... I've got a, a podcast about... I just want to be loved, you know? Why can't just... Just women and what do they know about it are you gonna drink that just listen to mullable slurgasm everything's shit his holiness welcome to the podcast so take us through a typical day in the life of the Dalai Lama. When you see my routine, I mean, the daily routine. I didn't necessarily mean your daily routine. I mean, it could be anything. So there are uh, more and more boys. More and more boys? Yes, at young age. Are you serious? Oh, yes, of course. Okay. I'm a human being. But why young boys? I mean, why not older? Older one. Very less smile. Less smiles? You mean they're less enthusiastic about being fucked by the Dalai Lama? Yes. Well, boys aside, is there a less sordid side to your sex life? I mean, who else do you fuck? Oh, that also relative. 
relatives. How does that even happen? I mean, how does it initially come up? There's possibility. So therefore, they're bound to happen. I don't know if it was bound to happen. I mean, what does Buddhism say about incest? It is wrong. And the stuff you do with the boys? That's also wrong. Yes, well, I can't say I'm surprised. Okay, well, let's take this up a notch. Let's hear from our second guest. Mr. Shatner. Oh, His Holiness is taking off his robes. And he's got his cock out. I feel happy. I'm Dalama. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or uh, be impressed. Just ignore it. Mr. Shatner, as I was saying, are you going to entertain us with a story or are you just going to take a cue from His Holiness and tell us how you like to fuck? Well, I think I was probably born to do that. Oh, okay. More of this then. Uh, and I shudder. I, uh, uh, if you could see me, old legs pumping, <laughs> breath coming hard. I thought, my God, I'm too old for this. Okay, well, that's probably true. His Holiness told us about his experiences with incest. I assume there's nothing like that in your family. My dad had come across 11, 12 members of the Shatner family. Oh. Maybe that's where it rubbed off, this giant of a man. Then what made you keep doing it? Um, desperation. The uh, sense of of inadequacy, which is adequacy, or it's all mixed up. Because uh, I don't, I feel, I feel, I'm uncomfortable. So you don't actually enjoy it. Well, that's something, I guess. I'm most comfortable around horses and dogs and. Oh Jesus! And so I did something that ordinarily you wouldn't do: mm-hmm. outdoors mm-hmm. and learn mm-hmm. the positions and get to know each other. And um, and it turned out to be wonderful. Mr. Shatner, I'm just going to ask this once. How often have you ever had consensual sex with a grown human woman that you were not related to? Uh, Infrequently, if at all. And there you have it. Previously on Tempting Fate. The victim was Darlene Smallshoe, wife of renowned Sasquatch hunter Terry Smallshoe. The British expat, Barnaby Wellington, was arrested for her murder. Welcome to the final episode of Tempting Fate. There has been a major new development in the case, and we are going to cut right to some audio from the Pilliga District Courthouse. The voices you will hear are Mr. Terry Smallshoe, Mr. Barnaby Wellington, his defense attorney, Yurina Putierez, daughter of the deceased Pistina Putierez, and Judge Mibai Mysazidiu. Based on the new evidence put forward by China McCrutch, we ask that Mr. Wellington is granted a new hearing to reassess his innocence. Granted, your request is. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. What's this fucking bullshit? Fuck you, fuck you all, this is a fucking outrage. The Sasquatch hunts tonight, you mark my fucking words. That judge looks really familiar. Terry and I would like to thank everyone for listening to our show. We aim to make sure that those who were responsible for Darlene's murder are held accountable and justice is served. Well, if you ask me, justice was served, and it will be again when Barnaby's found guilty at his hearing and they throw that cunt back in jail. After all the time I spent looking into this case, it seems to me it's likely they did get the right man. And speaking of finding the right man, Terry and I would like to announce our engagement. Yeah, I feel like I've really gotten to know you during the investigation. Especially uh, especially after you sent me those nudes. Terry! What? 
It's not like I'm going to put them up on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Terry Small Show. We are going to take a long, relaxing break from tempting fate and the case. So that's it for this season. Maybe, Terry, you could take me to the Himalayas for our honeymoon? <laughs> nah, I'm not allowed back there. That reminds me, did you get those passports for us? I did. I'm not sure why you didn't want to use our real names. Oh, uh, well, you know, we're celebrities now, sugar tits. Got to keep it on the damn low. As long as I get to see a Sasquatch, I'll be satisfied. What? Not you, too. What is it with you women always wanting a little Sasquatch prunus? Well, if that's how it is, no worries. I know a great cave we can go for a honeymoon, and you'll get what's coming to you. You got that insurance, right? Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed enjoyed the show. Please subscribe in iTunes to receive episodes automatically. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Dick. But <laughs> There's a reason behind it. There's a reason behind it. Yeah, sorry about the um the rape jokes.